and told my partner what I was about to do. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he's like, you shouldn't be doing this training. It's too what was his words? Woo woo. <laughs> Too spiritual. This is not who you are. You are a business person because I was a lead executive um, and an award-winning marketer. And he's like, you need to be a business coach. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, but my body is like <laughs> screaming that I need to do this program. And I cannot explain to you why I got to just do it. And he refused. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I am really excited to be here today. I'm here to share with you a story about intuition. You know that thing when everybody's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You're crazy. What are you thinking? But you do it anyway. And I know every one of you have had one of those experiences, at least one, but when it's about uprooting everything and changing your whole life, it's not so easy. I'm here today with Jen Peterson. She is in, I'll let, I will let her tell you about what it is that she does. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. I'm Jen T. Peterson, and I am an intuitive coach with horses and a shamanic Reiki master teacher. And I do this work at Rising Star Horse Rescue in Wilton, Connecticut. And it's my honor to be partnering with horses to help my clients build clarity and confidence and courage so that they can be wildly successful in their lives and in their businesses. Awesome. So now we all have a reason not everybody's in touch with the reason, but we all have a reason why we do what we do, especially those of us that feel like we are purpose-driven. So what is it? Why? What is your why? Why do you work with horses? Why do you work with people to help them better their businesses and their lives? Mm. So I would say primarily I do this work for my daughter. I have an 11-year-old daughter and she has anxiety and I had anxiety for most of my life. And I want her to see an empowered mother who's calm and confident. And so when I do this work for other people and I do this work for myself, I'm walking my talk. And that is really why I do this work with horses. I do it because when I was a client, my heart cracked open and 
everything that I thought was true, I realized was just an illusion. And I knew that I wanted to bring this work to other people. I learned more about myself in a few hours with a horse than I did in a decade worth of therapy. So I just love this work so much. And it's really transformational and useful for people. Amazing. Now, I know you talk about anxiety, and that's a big one for a lot of people. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is even if you don't think you have anxiety, you could have anxiety. Now, I had anxiety my entire life, and I did not know that I had anxiety because it was my normal state of being since I was probably one years old. And so... I actually didn't know that I had anxiety until it was gone. And so I think a lot of times people just get to these breaking points and they finally seek something to help. And of course, societally, we know therapy is so-called the answer, (laughs) but it's not always the answer. I know myself, I did 10 years of therapy and it was nice to feel supported and have somebody to talk to. And it didn't solve my problems. Yes, I agree. I'm the same way. I had a decade worth of therapy myself. And I I went because I had childhood trauma and I knew it was affecting my relationships, my my friendships. It It was going all over the place. And mostly what I realized was that because I had anxiety, I did know that I had anxiety. It was a, I had a diagnosis of anxiety. And I had panic attacks. So I I was very aware of it. I was not understanding that it was getting in the way of a lot of things in my life. I didn't realize that that was the issue. But I spend a lot of time talking about it. And I do think that if you've never been uh, able to speak about something, seeing a therapist and being able to put a voice to something that you might feel shame about or you know that you're scared about, I think that's really useful. But there is a point where you're just talking and talking and talking and you're not actually taking any action or moving your life forward. And that's where I think coaching can be really useful is that you can be also held and supported and listened to deeply, but you also can start to have tools that will allow you to take action. And I think that's the power of, even if you do a combo of therapy and and coaching, I do think there is something really powerful about coaching, whether you have horses or not. I think it's a really useful um, experience for people. But I agree with you in terms of like, maybe you don't know what calm really feels like. One of the things that is actually a value of mine is calmness. I never had that value before because I was always so anxious. I ran really high anxious and I didn't even know what it felt like. And being able to know what it feels like to be calm now, I can see it. Like, obviously, when I look back, I'm like, wow, I had postpartum, I had an undiagnosed postpartum anxiety, which I think was worse than just any garden variety of anxiety that you can have because you're taking care of a small child at the same time when you're trying to manage your own waves of panic and emotion. And being able to look back on that time, I'm like, wow, like I, I'm such, I'm so much more calm now. And I do believe that the horses were a huge part of why I am feeling really calm right now, even though I'm not standing near a horse. <laughs> Even before we get into that, I want to just briefly talk about, for me, because we're kind of talking about anxiety here. So for me, it was a constant 
Like I'd walk into a room and I would have 18,000 backup plans without even knowing it. This would happen subconsciously. It would happen so fast. I would know what everybody was thinking. I would be tracking everybody's body language. I would be doing all of that all of the time. And I was not even aware of it. It was like pure survival mode. For you, what were some of the, I mean, obviously we say panic attacks and anxiety, but what were some of the concrete symptoms of it for you? So I think the, what you were describing is called hypervigilant, where you're like on, on alert at all times. I do think that I had that, especially around my baby. Like I was, I wouldn't let anyone near her. Like I was like, you need to like take a bath, a shower, whatever, before you can come near her. Cause I was, my anxiety was translating into symptoms like hypochondriac. So I was worried she would get sick. I would, I obviously I had the panic attacks, but there was other ways that were more subtle that I think my anxiety was running through me, which it perfectionism was happening a lot oh, yeah. where I was like, I can't do anything unless it's absolutely perfect. Like we need the right diapers. Like it can't be the wrong diapers or I'm just using my baby as an example because it's coming to me right now. But the everything had to be exactly perfect or I was not having it. And it would stop me in my tracks. Like, you know how hard it is to take care of a child when you don't even think you have the right tools to take care of the child. Like the right nanny, the right everything was like everything had to be perfect. And then people pleasing. So I was constantly leaning into pleasing everyone around me, even though I was having these like terrible anxiety, but it would just drive the anxiety up. I think when I was doing things like that, or it just, you know, sometimes when you're in these kinds of things, it's your body goes into what's called fight, flight, or freeze. And I think a lot of the time I was going into freeze mode where I couldn't move forward. I would just be like, oh, it has to be perfect, or I'm just not going to do it at all. And it, it happened a lot, especially in the beginning um, stages of becoming a coach. Like it was, it, it just was all over the place. But I, Definitely, I had a, ph a phobia of heights. That was the other way it presented itself, where I wouldn't go above the 12th floor of a building. It was really terrifying for me to. I had a job in New York City on a 33rd floor of a building, Ooh. and they, I got a promotion. They were like, "You get the corner window office," and I was like, "Um, no." And they, they did it anyway. They gave it to me. Oh gosh! <laughs> so I would have my door facing. I'm um, sorry, my. Uh, desk facing the door, not the window, because it was terrifying to me. So I decided that that was the, that's one of the reasons why I work with people on releasing, being calm and releasing fear and that type of thing, because I know how it can really control your life. Well, and, you know, we talked about you at work and we talked about you with a child and a little bit about you stepping into your coaching business I know if you have anxiety, one of the big things when you're running a business, starting a business, any place in that, is that you are actually unable to really create and build because your mind is in prevent and protect mode. You're constantly yeah. in this state of sort of contractive fear, whether you're conscious of it or not. And you're not able to build something. You're only able to recycle things that you've already done. And <laughs> if you are a business owner and you're in a stuck place, you know that you've got to step outside the box to create something new. 
And so that's one of the big, huge things that anxiety really can prohibit somebody from having success and joy in their business. That is true. When you are in a calm state, that's when you can tap into creative flow. And the way the brain works, if you are in fear, you you can't be in all the areas that are where you get all your all your best ideas, that type of thing. So I I definitely agree. Your intuition is it's it's interesting because I believe that intuition is fear. So if you have true fear, like the one that is going to be saving your life, that's actually intuition coming in to guide you, and you can't control it your body will just take over that fight, flight, freeze that I was talking about before. That is driven by intuition. So it, I'll give you an example. When I was 16, I had a experience with a snake. It was pretty scary. I was in the woods and I was um, driving one of those uh, four-wheelers and I was going for a picnic with my friend and I got off of the ATV vehicle and I came this close to stepping on a snake, but I didn't know it. The person I was with knew it. But I can tell you, he was talking. I couldn't hear. My body just froze. There was nothing I could do. And I just, I I couldn't understand what was happening. It was just nothing. It was just freeze. And what ended up happening is the snake was there and it was ready to strike. It was a rattlesnake. So it could have killed me, but, or bit me or whatever. But my body was so intelligent. It knew to freeze. And the snake just knew I wasn't a threat and it went along its way. And even though the person was telling me to take all these different actions, there's nothing I could do because my body was so wise. And so it had a choice. My body had a choice to fight, flight, or freeze. If I had fought that snake, who do you think is going to (laughs) win? If I had run away from the snake, not so much. The snakes are faster. They can jump and, and go very fast. So the body knew exactly what to do in that moment. And there, there was nothing I could do about it. Right. So I just think it's really beautiful to understand that, that, Fear is intuition. But then there's also fear that I would call false fear. That's the one where we try to control everything and we try to resist it, actually. We're always trying to resist fear, but we actually are in fear anyway. Like we're saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this so I don't have to be afraid. But the reason you're doing it is because you're afraid. So you're like pushing the, in- the inevitable experience, but it's a choice to do that. It's not, it's something that's the fear you actually can control versus the one that you cannot. Well, yeah. And when you're in absolute danger of the body, it's like your subconscious mind. I talk about this a lot. Your subconscious mind takes in 11 million bits of information per second and it's filtering for what thinks is important to you. And it narrows it down to 60 to 120 bits. But your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind is taking all of that in. And so your subconscious mind saw the snake. Long before you were conscious aware of it and it responded. And this is why people so often go into those reactive modes where underneath it is a fear. It's a past fear of where your subconscious mind thought you were in danger and didn't have the resources to handle something. Um, But one of the challenges is to prove to your self and your subconscious mind that you do have those resources, that you can draw a boundary, that you can stand up for yourself, that you can actually listen to that voice deep inside that's telling you, you need to do this, even though everybody else is telling you something different. You got it. That is so true. (laughs) And so, you know, there's that place where you're actually physically in danger, the snake, 
And then there was that place where you're no longer in physical danger, but maybe it was a danger in the past to say, speak up for yourself or go out on your own. I know um, when I was three and four years old, I used to try to run away from home and I would be gone for hours and hours and I would get hungry <laughs> and I would be in the industrial part of town all by myself as a little child. The, these things probably wouldn't happen for most people today. But I had this realization that, oh, shit, I don't know how to get food. I don't know how to find a place to sleep. It's getting cold. I don't know how to do these things on my own. So I had to return because there was physical danger. So then there's this loop of this pattern of having to return because I think that I'm not capable. So that past loop played a role in my life where I was like, oh, I don't know how to do something. So I would freeze instead of stepping forward because I was looped into that past being four years old of not feeling capable. And so it's not actually a danger. And I do have the resources to move forward. But your mind is used to the pattern. You haven't proven it. So that's part of why it's so important to step through that false fear and prove to yourself that you can do it. Now, I think that's a good place to start telling us about your intuitive path to doing what you do now. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I I started out becoming a life coach. And I remember when I was being – I discovered this – I was writing a book. And I had this idea that I wanted to be – a life coach because a life coach had helped me in like five minutes change my entire life <laughs> with one thought that I could have a baby, which I have right now. But at the time I was like, I'm not in the right marriage. I'm definitely like, I don't, I'm not having a baby with this person. So I needed to really trust that me wanting to have a baby was a real thing. And I got a divorce and all of that. So I started like really following my intuition then, but I don't think I knew that I was following my intuition. I think I was just trying to create safety in my life. And that was one of the things. And so I was reflecting on this experience of, I was in an abusive marriage, I needed to get out, I wanted to have a baby, and I definitely didn't want to have a baby with this person. So in that experience, I was like, wait a minute, I'd always wanted to help people. And it had this epiphany, like, wow, I should totally be a life coach. <laughs> and then I realized, like, let me look up is this if the person who was training this person, her name is Dr. Martha Beck. I was like, let's see if she could train life coaches still. And she did Tuesday afternoons and, you know, lots of money and all the things. And I was like, I shut the book. I was like, there's no way this is not happening. And then literally five minutes later, I got restructured out of my company. They were like, listen, I thought I was going because I was, I was like one of the senior executives. So I thought I was coming to help guide them on who to lay off. I didn't realize I was the restructuring. And so but I was so delighted inside, like you've got to really pay attention to when you're delighted on the inside, but it's not appropriate socially. Like I should have been upset. I should have been mad, but I was so delighted because I had already figured out what I wanted to do. And they handed me the exact amount of money that I needed for my life coach training. They gave me just to pay for that. They gave me a year's salary of severance so that I could be paid while I was being trained. And I just like floated home and told my partner what I was about to do. And he's like, no 
no, no. <laughs> He's like, you shouldn't be doing this Martha, Co- Martha Beck coach training. It's too, what was his words? Woo woo. <laughs> too spiritual. This is not who you are. You are a business person because I was a lead executive um, and an award-winning marketer. And he's like, you need to be a business coach. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, but my body is like screaming that I need to do this program. And I cannot explain to you why I got to just do it. And he refused. He was like, no, 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 go explore all these things. Like he gave me, I don't know, four different programs that would help me get to be a coach inside a company. I'm so curious. Did he share what his fears were? Yes. He said he thought that that was not who I was Mm. because who I was presenting, remember, I'm a person who's got tons of anxiety. Right. I don't have my shit together. (laughs) I'm terrified to go to the 12th floor of the building. (laughs) How am I going to be telling people? How could I possibly be a life coach? Like in his mind, he was like, this is not who you are. You're not a life coach, Jen. You're a business coach. Like you, you sell billions of products to millions of people. Like this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, I don't understand why. I can't explain it to you, but I can tell you that my physical body, I I can't stop myself. Like it's, I, it was like I was compelled to do this particular thing. And I looked at other spiritual coaching programs and I, I just knew I had this knowing that this was the one. And I didn't listen to him, which, <laughs> you, you know, that didn't go so well. It was very, very difficult to make a case, to explain my path, and to, because it didn't make any sense at all, like wow. not one bit of sense. But I had this knowing that this is the one. And I thought, okay, well, before I go and do this, I'm going to take a program with this woman, or I'm going to read her book, or I'm going to do something <laughs> to like, and so I, I started taking a program and reading a book. And the two biggest things that were plaguing me, one was that I was um, sexually abused as a child, but my father who sexually abused me was still in my life. And I had a little girl at this time. And I knew that that was like a problem that I needed solving. And I took a program with Martha Beck and I got coached on that problem. And it was like changed my life again, another like 15 minutes I'm salt. <laughs> um, I was able, and not because Martha said the right thing, it was because I was ready to take that action and make the change in my life. And it was it was really powerful. And the other thing was I was reading her book, and number one, I found out that she had a similar story. So obviously there's a reason I'm trusting my intuition to be with someone who has a very similar story to me. And that in and of itself was healing just to know I wasn't alone. And then secondly, when I was reading her book, it said the only way to a place beyond fear is to do the thing you fear the most. (laughs) And so that experience allowed me to go and break my fear of heights. And so how does that relate to horses? It came into my life right after taking Martha Beck's life coach training, or actually in the beginning of it, I wrote down in my iPhone notes, Equus coaching after after certification. And I'd forgot about it, but I started to see horses everywhere I looked. And I'm like, it's bugging me. I don't understand. Why do I keep seeing horses? What's going on? And then I did a meditation where a horse came to me. And I know now it's called a shamanic journey, but she was calling it a visualization. And a horse came to me. The horse was, I could tell the horse was female. And I started to hear the word Oldenburg, which I didn't know what the heck that meant, but it was an odd word. So I was like, okay, I'll just make a note of that. And I knew that the horse was female and she gave me a brass ring in a slate box. 
And I was like, okay, that's weird. I don't know what this is about, but horses are following me. Something's going on here. What did my doctor do little? I don't understand why this is happening. And I got paired with a life purpose coach to decode my shamanic journey. You can get paired with a health coach or any other kind of coach. Uh-huh. I happen to get, of course, the miracle of having a life purpose coach. And she's like, listen, Jen, I can't explain it to you, but why don't you just go play with some horses and see what happens? See if you like it. Because <laughs> I didn't right. have any horse experience. And meanwhile, I'm telling my partner all of this. <laughs> he is like, Jen, I don't know what's, what to tell you, <laughs> but you know, this is awesome. But Prove it to me, like show me, like that this is going to be okay. Now I I hear like he had doubts, but you in this path, and you felt your body pulling you. You felt the intuition so strong. But I'm curious if you still had the little voices in your head saying, "No, don't do this, don't do this." And what were they saying? And how did you overcome that? Because you had them from outside, from your partner, and you said just now inside. So how did you really push through and get through all of the naysaying inside and outside of you? So I think part of it is that, yes, I was absolutely having all of these fears, but I dove into this spiritual, I was like, if I'm going in, I'm going all in, (laughs) I'm going to do the work. And I started to do the work inside to be able to trust myself. So I was doing, I, so I released my fear of heights before I started life coach training and I went through my life coach training. So by the time I got to the horses, I was already seeing so much magic. And I was also seeing the horses as magic, like the idea that they're following me. Like I would open the paper and there they are. And it, would, it was bugging me. There was something going on, but I was really committed to becoming a coach, I could feel in my body every time I was around horses or every time I was doing something that was like, I learned this tool that I learned in life coach training called the body compass. And I just started following my body everywhere. Uh And I loved, that was my favorite tool. I was like, oh, my body's pulling me in this direction. I'm just going to see. And I didn't start with the big stuff. I started with, when I started to learn this tool, I started with little things to see what would happen. And I would just practice. So it was like my daily thing was like, oh, let me see what my body wants to do today. Now, I was cleaning up a lot of things in my life, right? So I'm cleaning up this relationship with my dad. So it's not there anymore. So I have a lot of space comes in when you start to clear out your mind, you right. can to you know, you can move forward. So th- I would say that the there was thy thoughts that were like, is this real? Like I think that was the biggest one. Like, is this real? Right. My thought that like, am I good enough to do this? Am I going to be able to, maybe I, I was having the imposter syndrome. Like, am I going to really be able to coach people? Like all of that. So I learned, and and I think part of it is that I was willing to try. I think there was like this willingness of me to explore. I wanted to learn about the spiritual part of the coaching. Like I was willing to try the things and I just collected evidence along the way. So one of the things that I know was reflected back to me from people that I was during that time in my life of going through life coach training and building my business was that I, they noticed that I would follow the signs and synchronicities that were around me and I would follow my fascinations all the time. I'd be like, oh, I'm really- Fascinations. Ooh, I mean, things that I was interested in. So one of the things that, so I was really interested in Oprah. So I followed Martha Beck in life coach training because she was related to Oprah. She was one of her columnists. So that's, and then- 
I mean, I worked with Martha Beck also in my business. I didn't talk about that, but I knew her work a little bit and I felt like every time I did what she said, something magical happened. So I was like, okay. So that was like, gave me that little bit of evidence, gave me the trust that I could like keep moving forward. Um, Being able to, you know, have a partner that's telling me no, I when I was tapping into the body, when I was using the body compass, the the evidence or the physical sensations that were coming off my body were so strong, it was it was almost impossible to say no to it. And I'll tell you why. When I was not following my intuition, my body was suffering. I was in anxiety. I was had irritable bowel syndrome. I had acid reflux. I had like physical actual ailments in my body. And the more I leaned in and trusted my intuition and moved towards the things that were my body was guiding me towards, the better my body felt, the lower my anxiety got. Like it was almost like the body was giving me the answer mm-hmm. to everything. And so being able to say to my partner, hey, I know that you don't believe in this, but have you noticed how calm I am? Uh, I know you don't believe in this, but can you just maybe come with me to the horse farm. And I just want to show you something. And I would give him these little crumbs of of evidence and show him things. And he wasn't very excited to be around horses. He didn't even like them. So that's a whole, we could have a whole podcast on that one. But it didn't matter because it was what's right for me. It didn't have to be right for him. It was like, this is my journey. And all of the things that I've done to trust my intuition, even when I didn't want to see the things that the intuition was showing me. So on my very first day at Access Equestrian, which is where I decided to volunteer to be around horses, I opened the barn doors and there was a horse that looked exactly like the horse from my meditation from Life Coach Training. Wow. And I was like, okay, all horses must look alike. This is weird. And I didn't know anyone, so I wasn't going to tell them that I thought that that was a coincidence. And a few months later, after I had been there for probably about three months, I was learning about how horses have markings that are like human fingerprints. No two horses have the same fingerprints, even if they're twins. And this particular horse had a very unique star and snip is what it's called, but there were markings on her face. And she was an Oldenburg mare. And I was like, okay, now that I've known these people for a few months, I'm going to tell them. And I told the person who owned her, I was like, I think Audrey called me here. And it turned out she's like, oh, yeah, I totally believe that because this horse was just so magical. And I think it's really beautiful to. So going back to like collecting the evidence of like, this is this is the right path. This is the right path. I used that and collected that as part of my my journey. So there was certain things that obviously we're talking about horses and it worked out amazing for me because I followed my intuition and it was really beautiful. Like it was, it was like my life purpose. I'm living it now. And that's why when I was in the other situation and I was in the business, my life purpose wasn't being met. And maybe it's part of my life purpose. It wasn't hundred percent my life purpose. So my body was suffering. And then my body healed without any medication. I don't take anxiety medication anymore. But being able to go through this huge personal development that I went through and being able to be a coach, wanting to be a coach who walked her talk. So I don't just tell you what to do. I do the things like I will try everything because I love doing things. And then if I, if it works for me, I will recommend it. But if it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to recommend it, but 
I'm never going to tell someone, oh my gosh, you should totally journal every day. You should go do that. <laughs> right. If I'm not journaling every day, <laughs> I'm not saying to journal every day, but like just as an example of something that I don't do that. Like, cause I think that that is very inauthentic. And I know that sometimes people are like, oh, that's a really good idea. You should do that. It'll work for you. But if I haven't tried it, it's not coming out of my mouth. But I think the idea of being able to embody what was happening and letting my body show me the evidence is probably one of the biggest reasons why I was able to trust. And I always tell people that that's like the number one thing is if you can be really aware of what's going on in your body, it's going to give you everything. I mean, we have physical bodies here for a reason, more than just to live and breathe. It's also to help guide us through through our existence. So yeah. I don't know. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, one of the things, one of the tools I use, and it's, you know, we'll talk about, I'm going to ask you more about the body compass later, but one of the tools that I use is, is the outcome of this going to feel expansive in my body or contractive? And by outcome, I don't necessarily mean tomorrow. I mean, mm -hmm. a week from now, a month from now. Because yeah. sometimes you've got to step through something uncomfortable to get to that expansive outcome. And so for me, it's like, is it shrinking me or is it expanding me? That's, that's my simple way to think about decision-making sometimes and what I'm going to do. Now, I hear one of the things that I really hear in this is that and I think this happens for a lot of people when they're at a place, sort of a breaking point or a transition point where they know something's changing with or without their consent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're at this transition point and people are more open during that time than any other time because it's chaos and people don't like chaos. So they need to get out of the confusion and the chaos. But what I'm hearing is that you had this openness and then you were collect you were trying something different because of the openness and you are collecting evidence to move you towards trusting what these more quote absurd or outside the box su intuitive suggestions were. Yeah, I think that part of what you said about the idea of you have this chaos or something. It's like, it's called the death and the rebirth. Like something is going, falling away. And then, but something also is coming your way. So when you're open to letting something fall away in shamanism, um, we call it like using fire to fire can be so powerful, right? It can just transmute anything it can transmute paper into ash or whatever you, you allow that to happen. And then something else is available. There's like room in your life. Something is available to come through. So sometimes the thing that's falling away is the thing that needs to fall away so that you can actually bring in something new. And then being able to dream and understand, like envision what is it that you want to create. So when my, so I'll just use my, my, career as an example, like I had a 20 year career. It, I thought this was the way I was going to retire, <laughs> but allowing that to fall away allowed me to be able to have horses come into my life and 
have a way to be actually very helpful to people. When I was in marketing, I was I wasn't always in control of the accounts I worked on. So sometimes I was doing something that didn't feel good in my body. Like for example, I was working on rent a center, which takes advantage of the underserved markets. It's, I don't love that company. I mean, I know they're offering a service to people, but it doesn't really, it's not like a benefit. It's not like a great thing. And my body would suffer when I would work on things like that. There was a a company called TGI Fridays. They were selling a healthy salad, but it had 70 grams of fat in it. And I was like, this is not healthy. And it didn't feel good in my body. So to be able to like represent that. But when I worked on Ikea, I won awards when I worked on Ikea because their values matched mine. They were like, they would go in. I mean, I could talk for, I could do a whole podcast on how amazing Ikea is, but just an example, they were doing things in their company. They don't, they're very humble. They don't talk about this much, but you, if you are in their company, you'll know that they will go in and never use a vendor that does child labor. They will be like, if they don't just say, oh, I'm not going to use child labor. They go, okay, I'm not going to use child labor, but if you fix the child labor, I'm going to use your company again. Uh, and not only that, I'm going to invest money into the families and get education or whatever that's going to solve the actual problem, why the kids are working in the first place. Like they go that deep and they they hold all of their vendors to a standard that is their company standard and there's sustainability in other ways. I would I loved working on that company because every time I sold a piece of furniture, guess what happened? I helped the world. <laughs> So that was like part of of the idea. So that's like the idea of like something even better is coming through. When I stop working on all these yucky companies and I get an amazing company, or when I stop doing that career that I had no control over what I was working on, I actually have a career where I get to decide who I serve. I get to decide that I'm out in nature working outside instead of being in an office, or I'm helping people process emotions that they don't even know sometimes that are there or they've stuffed them down so far. Like that to me is really useful and really part of what I'm here to be doing. And um, I so think that there's a really good point that I want to make, especially for the entrepreneurs out there. You're at most people, especially when you're first starting, you're making your first hundred K, like whatever it is, there's this place of like, am I going to make it? Like, can I hold to my values? and do what is true and right for me, can I be the wolf and still succeed and create something big? And so the your Ikea story is testament that yes, you can. Yes, you can say no to vendors. Yes, you can say no to clients. Yes, you can say no to customers if they do not align with the values that you are trying to bring forth in, your in yourself, your company, and the world. Yeah. I think that's why things don't work out sometimes is that there's just a misalignment yeah. in what's going on. So if you have the, if you're open to it and understanding what your values are, you can actually match everything up really nicely and you can create from your values. Like, so I built my business. The first thing I did, because I worked in marketing, I understood this. I started with my values. I was like, what are my values? And, huh? you know, my values are optimism. But so I'm working with people on deep, deep issues, deep emotional, negative emotion, helping them process it. But I do it through the lens of optimism. So it's like, I don't say optimism, but I'll say I help you find the gold in every situation because there is something to be learned every time. So 
I can create something when I know my values and then I can say no. I have I can have a a firm full body no on something that does not match my values. Like I have someone um, who wanted to do a partnership with me and I was like, well, you know, I love you and that's wonderful, but it's not in alignment. Like there's something going on here that doesn't feel right to me. So I can say no to you, even though my, my whole body wants to people please you too (laughs) and give you what you want, but I'm not, I'm going to hold to my values because I'm a coach who walks or talk and I'm not going to do something that doesn't match my own values. So, and I think I've learned that from, you know, all those, all those times that I was working on things that didn't feel good. And I also don't want my body to suffer. I want to feel good in my body. Yeah. And I think this is a really great time to share one of the things that you learned about working with the horses, about that learning if something is in alignment or not. Can you share about that? I think this is a great time because it lines up with the values and the true intentions. And I know deep down we have these values that we say that we want, but sometimes we have these hidden values that actually take more precedence and that creates misalignment in ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, the one that's coming to mind right now is I remember when I was about to get certified for Equus Coaching and I remember my entire life fell apart. Like my my partner, I just wrote a book that was, I was calling myself a relationship coach. I was like thinking I had all the things and, but I wasn't willing to look and I was getting all the signals of intuition and I wasn't believing them. And I know I understand them now, but it was like in hindsight, I was like, oh my goodness, I had dreams. I had universe giving me messages and I would not look at this particular experience because I didn't want to be separated from my partner because we shared a child together. And so I remember, so we had this revelation where he wasn't happy and I thought, oh my goodness, now what? And I was uh, literally the next day I was going to get certified. And I knew if I showed up to get certified, I have to be with the horses. They're not going to want to be anywhere near me if I try to hide this. And so as the universe always provides, um, it turned out that the clients that we needed to coach weren't coming until the afternoon. So we had the whole morning to work on ourselves. And I was like, I'm raising my hand for coaching because I need to see this. And what I noticed was that what came up for me was that I wasn't sharing all of the magic. As I mentioned before, he wasn't really into this and he didn't really understand. And so anytime something amazing would happen, I would call my girlfriends and be like, you won't believe what just happened. (laughs) Or I would call my coach friends and we would talk about these amazing, spiritual, amazing experiences I was having with horses and even just things that were going on in in my daily life. And I wouldn't share them with him. And that's what came up was like, oh, I'm not even being authentic. And that is one of my values is that I value authenticity, but I'm over here with this relationship, not being authentic at all. I'm like hiding all of the things about me. And so the horse was showing me by standing completely next to me and supporting me while I cried my eyes out about how this whole thing fell apart. And it fell apart because it was meant to fall apart. It wasn't supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to be with someone that I could share everything with, including who I actually am. And just because when we started to be together, we aren't together anymore. When we were together, I wasn't, I didn't have all these experiences. I was a different person. And being able to get in touch with who I really was and that I am a deeply spiritual human 
I need to be with someone who is also deeply spiritual and like likes this kind of thing, or even likes horses as an example. And so it was such an interesting experience for me to watch what the horse was doing while I was, things were coming out of my mouth and I could see, because then I knew, okay, when the horse is next to me, I'm telling the truth. When the horse doesn't want to be anywhere near me, I am being a predator in the wild, will hide its intention to feed on a herd, right? Because horses are prey animals. It's going to come up to socialize. So there's this like incongruence that happens. And that's why the work works so well is that they are so highly attuned to the energies in what's called incongruency and congruency. So when you're being honest with yourself, they will show you with their body language. And when you are lying to yourself, they will show you with their body language. And that's how, and you get to decide once you see the truth, what you want to do about that. Right. It's always, there's always free will. The horses can show you all the things and you get to choose. So I think that's one of the most beautiful, heartbreaking examples of like really loving someone and understanding that they really aren't right for you, wanting your family to be together, but really understanding that is not necessarily the right thing to be doing and allowing someone to go if they're unhappy to go because they need to go. And they needed to go create their own happiness. And I think that to me is a beautiful way to follow intuition because I know that everybody's going to get what they wanted when they're following the path. Like I'm getting what I need. I'm getting what I want. I'm learning so much about what I want because I'm not the same person that I was before. So I hope that's helpful to see it from that angle as well. Yeah. So one of the things you said is if a predator is coming up on a herd of horses and they come up trying to be nice, you know, we've all done this. We put on that face, hello, hi. But inside we're like, oh, you are so, whatever. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) So the horse can read that. And that is a big part of what how you work with people is to help people get in touch with their true authenticity of what's really true and right for them because a lot of times we're lying to ourselves and we don't we can't see what's underneath what the excuses or the stories that we're telling ourselves exactly that's the i would say the essence of it is really understanding who you truly are what you really want and going out and having the courage to go and achieve it and create it if it needs if it's never been created before we create it if it's um, something that needs to be fixed we fix it if it's something that needs to be moved away from and let go of we let go of it and those things are not easy things to do but they you, they are so worth it when you clean up the relationships that are in your life that are not fueling you you will have way more energy your body will feel better there's like so many really amazing evidences and and sometimes I'm not even I don't even. Sometimes I can't even see what's ahead for someone. Like I can see sometimes, most of the time I can see like what they want to create. But what is fun is the side benefits that come from it. And I've noticed like people will come to me to release fear on something. And all of a sudden their intimacy with their husband becomes incredible. Yeah. And they're like, what just happened? I'm like, because all the fear that you're feeling translates into the bedroom. We don't have to necessarily coach on that. Right. We can coach on that. I have coached on that. But like- I think it's really interesting how you're working on your business or you're working on something else. And then all of a sudden you have this, all of a sudden, all that 
you're more willing to be vulnerable in the bedroom and then everything improves. It's like low libido all of a sudden isn't there anymore because sometimes low libido is emotional. It's not physical. Right. And But the emotions get in the way of the physical. So I think there's so many benefits and applications to doing personal development and just doing it with the horses. How does somebody get in touch with, I want, I want to give some tips after that. So people listen, hang on, listen. Jen, can you tell us how somebody can get in touch with you, how they can work with you? If you've got a, something to offer, tell us all the things. So I actually wrote a book so you can get a copy of my, it's an ebook. So it's called True Freedom. And I think it's really useful and it goes a little deeper into my story about becoming a coach in that relationship situation. And that is at gentpeterson.com, true-freedom-ebook. And if you want to do the work with me, um, I do this virtually and I also do this in person at the, at the horse farm. And you can book a consult with me if you go to my website at gentpeterson.com. Um, so you can every, find the link to yeah. book the consult. Everybody <laughs> stop, open up your browser, type it in, J-E-N-N-T-Peterson.com and find the ebook, book a consult, discover all of the things. And um, for those of you, those entrepreneurs out there that are looking to increase joy, profit, impact, you know, all the things that we say we want. Um, I have a free gift out there for you all. You can find that at bethewolfgift.com. Again, open up the browsers, type in gentpeterson.com or bethewolfgift.com. And so now I want to know, you had talked about the body compass. Is that a simple yeah. thing that somebody can use? Or is there another tool that's simple that people can use to sort of lean into their intuition? Hmm. So I think that the body compass is one of the easiest things, but it's also, so it's, let me put it this way. It's simple, but it's not easy. Let's put it that way. Okay. I can simply explain it to you. Can you tap into your body and feel your emotions? That's, I think, another question. Some people are really super sensitive and they can really feel in their bodies. And some people need a little more access to connect their minds and their bodies together. But I can teach you really quickly how to do this. You can do it. There's, you know, there's ranges. You can do it really simply or you could go really deep and like really learn it. So sometimes I have people take a quiz so that they can like really get to their yes because they know all the things that will like fuel their yes and they can feel it so intensely, their yes, that it's really good. And then the same thing with the no. And we don't stay in the no very long because it doesn't really feel good. But you can, you know, give you a couple of questions and then you can really feel what it feels like. But right now, if you just wanted to like call to mind a time in your life that really, really sucked or um, maybe there was like a boss you didn't like, or maybe there was like a place you just really don't like going, like the dentist or I don't know, something like that. For me, you know, I can just remember I had a boss that was not very kind and he would just like always undermine me, that type of thing. So when I think of him, I can definitely get to that like negative sensations. And you just feel in your body, like what physical sensations do I have? And so for me, I'm getting like a constriction in my my chest. 
And it does, it feels like, like you were saying before, like that this way, it's like right. contracting me and not in a very kind way. Like I don't like to feel that way. And I can even look at my face. My face gets a little tense. My shoulders get tense. So you're just like feeling for those physical sensations where it doesn't feel good. And then the idea is that whenever you come across a situation where you're your mind might be telling you something, but your body is like screaming, no, thank you. That is when you know to say no. That's the way you can learn to trust the body. You can be like, oh, and you can do this. You don't have to do it with big things like your mother-in-law or something like that. <laughs> you could just do it with, I want to eat today this Oreo cookie or this apple. I don't know. Right. Just giving you two extremes. You think your mind's like, I want that cookie, right? Right. But I guarantee your body doesn't want the cookie. Your body probably wants the apple because it's so wise and it knows what it needs. So you can use this tool even to to eat. (laughs) You can use this tool to have aligned relationships. And the same thing happens for the yes. It's like you've got to really feel into like, what's the most thing that you love? Like, so for me, I might think about my daughter, or I might think about a horse as right now, like I'll think about Rising Star Horse Rescue, which I think is the heaven on earth. It is the most magical place in the universe. I love it. So I'll think about that place and I'll think about how kind everyone is. And I'll think about the fact that they are helping, you know, 42 horses. They save them every year, the different horses, and they adopt them out and they follow them for the rest of their lives and all the good that comes. And when I think about that, I get very, very happy. I get very up, like my chest, you can see my, I don't know if you can see my shoulders are more relaxed, but I'm a little, my posture is a little better. I'm feeling more expansive. I have a smile on my face. I get that zhuzh and that glow and all of that. That is my full body, yes, right? And when I come across things in my life that give me the full body, yes, of course I must say yes. And then you've got to trust that that is the answer. That's the, and that is the <laughs> yeah. And that's what we have coaches to help us say yes to the yes, <laughs> help us say no to the no, <laughs> and 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 clean up all the mind drama that comes along the way. Okay. And what I love about that tool is that if you follow it, and Martha Beck taught me this tool, it's amazing. When you follow that tool, you can literally create your own life because I believe one of my coaching philosophies is that what you are wanting is also wanting you. Yeah. And when you believe that, everything is possible. 100%. I think that's a great place to wrap up. Beautiful. <sighs> Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your wisdom, your intuition, your heart, your spirit, all of the things. And for all of you out there, just remember when you operate from who you truly are, you evolve humanity. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.